Martha's lovely wife. Let's give them a big hand clap. And I uh, want to give honor to all of you. Praise the Lord. Amen. Um, I have to do a commercial. <laughs> Here's my commercial. Um, you can go on to the uh, TonyKemp.com or you can get the Tony Kemp app. We've done something called video books. And um, they're free. The most recent ones that we've done um, is a series called Experiencing Jesus, um, How to Experience the Presence of the Person of God. And uh, after that, we followed it up with How to Know God, His Voice, and His Presence. And so we try to do it. Each video uh, is between 8 and 20 minutes long, just teaching for two help people to know the Lord. It's good to see you. How's your mama? Are they coming? Good. I was looking for you and your mama and your sisters. Praise the Lord. And uh, and, let's, and if, I'm, if I'm not too engaged, when your mama come in, I might actually give her a hug. Just start what I'm doing, give her a hug. If I do, somebody got to help me remember where I was. <laughs> All right? And uh, um, and I, I want to urge you to do that um, because it it'll just be good. And um, the Lord talked talk to me about doing video books, stuff that's free that will help people grow and uh, up in Jesus. Amen. And uh, so, uh, how many of you uh, you know you 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 brave the weather? Yes, we did. Amen. You brave the weather. Can I just take my time and relax? You know, don't worry, I'll get to teaching. But I, I'm going I'm to take my time. And, uh, oh, 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 I should tell you this. Uh, and you can also go on to TonyKemp.com. You can go on to the store, and we got some, some revelation for you to purchase if that's what you want to do. And you can get it through PayPal, and we'll send it to you. And I'm going to be with uh, Kingdom of God Tabernacle Friday night. Saturday, I think, from 11 to probably 3 or 4. And then Saturday night, I think, at 7, 6 or 7. And then Sunday morning, Sunday night, okay? And then Pastor Hudson, I think, just talked with a good friend of mine named Kevin Bosconi. Anybody here ever heard of Kevin Bosconi? Okay. Um, I think you're looking at having him, like, what, August, like, 17th to the 20th or something. So... You want to come out and hear Kevin. He's fun. <laughs> um, he's a seer. I think he was a, um, a heroin addict, homeless, gets saved, gets caught up to heaven. Just really fun and really gifted. Okay? You'll want to hear him and bring people with you. And uh, now tomorrow night, the Lord Jesus being willing, we're really going to focus on the subject of healing. Okay? So we'll... And when we do that, more healing happens or more miracles happen. Um, but until that moment, we're just going to just flow with whatever it is. Does that, does that work for you? Okay, very good, very good, very good. All right, I guess um, we should get started. Um, if you'll put up for me um, Proverbs 420, I have to always start with a review because that's what people who teach do or we're supposed to do. Amen. Praise the Lord. Very good. My son, attend to my words. Um, we started this teaching out, talking about prayer, where it says in uh, Colossians 4, 2, continue in prayer, watch in the same with thanksgiving. And we talked about the Greek word for continue, which basically means to lean forward and to be face-to-face -face with God. The word prayer in the original language actually um, means to make a vow. It means to make a sacrifice. And um, when 
talks about continuing, it means that you are going to be pretty assertive in your approach to God, but you're going to recognize that he's superior. You're going to approach him with, with humility and respect and with honor. But when you pray, you're going to be pretty adamant uh, about your request. And, um, you know, we also went into First John five fifteen, where it talks about if we ask anything according to his will. And we talked about how in the original language, you're, you have to be specific, concise, precise, detailed. And it was about material and physical needs and requests. And um, that you can be confident that if you ask God according to his will or according to his word, he will give you what you want. Now, one of the challenges that we face, and especially this is true, and I think I'll um, put, up, put, up, put up Hebrews 6 and 12. I didn't mention that, but I'm going to mention it now in because it's in context. Talking about prayer. Is, it says, this is King James Version, do not be slowful. However, the Greek word here, that's, the King James is a version. The Greek word here really means to be in neutral. So when you put a car in neutral, what does it do? Nothing. So it says, but a follower of them who through, everybody say faith and patience. So sometimes your prayer is not answered right away. And so you have to believe and keep believing. In fact, when you look at Matthew and Jesus teaching the Sermon on the Mountain, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, when he says, ask and you shall receive, for everyone who asks receives, in the Greek it is continuous. It means to ask and keep on asking, and you shall receive. It doesn't mean that the second time you ask, you doubt. Look at somebody says the principle of perseverance. And we see this principle with the parable of the, quote, unjust judge, where a woman comes, asks for justice, and the judge does not give it to her right away. And the key to her getting justice or getting her request answered was her persistence. Look at somebody say, you need to practice the law of persistence. Because it says here that sometimes faith is not enough. It requires, everybody say, patience to inherit the promise. And see, so sometimes, you know, you pray for something and it doesn't happen right away, and you can't explain why it didn't happen right away. You can try to. You can actually come up with an explanation if you desire to. Feel free. But look at somebody and say, but keep praying. And so when it says in Colossians 4 to continue in prayer, that means pray it's, it's, you know, you can pray and get through, or you can pray through. Look at somebody say, instead of praying and getting through, pray through. Okay? And sometimes the Father wants to develop our spiritual muscles and the way he does that is he allows resistance. Just because, naturally speaking, you have weights and the resistance increases your strength, sometimes the Father permits resistance to develop the virtue of faith and patience. This is why, listen, you can pray for somebody and they don't get healed, and it isn't because they don't have faith. They may have faith, 
the Lord may be testing their patience. But Pastor Tony, I don't know if you understand faith. Okay. I've seen five people raised to life. How many have you seen? When they're dead, they don't have faith. Look at somebody say, it's on you. <laughs> Just say it. Hmm. So I understand it. But I also understand that sometimes it's all about persistence. And sometimes... Persistence and patience is a greater challenge to us than faith. Okay. That wasn't part of my lesson last night, but look at somebody said, but it's good anyhow. Because sometimes if the Father don't answer your prayer right away, okay, okay. All right. Ah. Let me, this wasn't in the lesson yesterday either. <laughs> but sometimes the Father will offend your mind to expose your heart to you. You should write that one down. The Father will offend your mind to reveal your heart to you. Okay? All right. Okay. Let me come back to my uh, Proverbs 420. Put that back up for me, will you please? My son, attend to my words. One of the statements I made last night, I'll make it because the father of our learning is repetition. Repetition is the best teacher. What gets repeated is what gets remembered, reinforced. It's what is solidified. It's what gets remembered. It becomes reality. Is whatever you give your attention to is what eventually has you. So I want to give my attention to the Father. I want to give my attention to Jesus. I want to give my attention to the Holy Spirit. Stay with me. Okay. And I use this example of an Exodus 3. There was a theophany, a God manifestation. The bush caught on fire, kept burning, didn't burn out, and it got Moses' attention. And the scripture, the text says, the narrative says he turned aside to see, and then it says, God spoke. Everybody say, God encounter. Give the Lord your attention. Okay, so then Moses, okay, is like all the rest of us. After your God encounter, which is the time of blessing, the season of blessing where you're given a treasure, a word from the Lord, an experience with God himself, you walk through a process. Your process is your struggle. It is your trouble. It is your trial. It is the thing from the standpoint of the enemy that tries to steal your attention away from the Father, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and the Word and get your eyes, your mind, your emotions, your feelings, your will on the negative circumstance or the person who's behaving negatively toward you or somebody you care about. The issue is, is while you're in process, can you... Persevere and have patience and keep your attention on God the Father. You're not denying the negativity of the circumstances. You're looking beyond it to keep your attention on the word of the Lord. Process always follows encounter. If you can keep your attention on the word of the Lord in the process, you get another God encounter. What happens to some people is they get stuck in the process. The process 
is designed by the enemy to distract you. So we referenced in the original language, Hebrews 12 and 2, where it says looking to Jesus. But in the original language, it says more than that. It says looking away from all that distracts to Jesus. Because first the enemy distracts, then he diverts your attention, then he divides you. And it talks about in Hosea chapter 7, where Ephraim is a cake unturned, which means it's half-baked. Everybody say, divided. And a house divided against itself, what? Cannot stand, right? And then in that division, there is a deception that works from the enemy. Everybody say, distracted, diverted, divided, deceived. Okay? Then something happens to your spiritual strength. It gets diluted. If you're not careful, you fall into a delusion. You believe something that is false to actually be true. And then you get defeated, and then you get destroyed. Hence, you have Hosea 4 6, my people are destroyed for a lack of what? But it isn't just information. Put up uh, 2 Peter 3.18. But grow, everybody say increase. increase. Grace, by definition, is the divine influence. It is the presence of God and the power of God in your private life or ministry. And grow in the knowledge. Now, this is more than information. This is my intimate knowledge of Jesus and my intimate knowledge of the Father. Everybody say experiential knowledge. Okay. My Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, The battle of the enemy, regardless of what circumstances or people he is using, is to stop, block, restrict, contain, or eliminate your intimate knowledge of Jesus and the Father. Are you still with me? Okay. Turn to 2 Corinthians 10, 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5. Casting down imaginations, every high thing that exalts itself against the what? That is not just the word as information. Everybody say, it's personal knowledge. Look at somebody say, it's, it's about, look at somebody say, the enemy wants to stop you from knowing God intimately. Look at somebody said, that's why he's trying to get your attention. This is why people experience brain chatter when they go to pray. I know I'm in a review, but how many of you were not here last night? Raise your hand. This is why you get in the review. Okay? Because... Um, Listen, I've been doing this long enough to know that I can preach for a manifestation. I know if I preach on healing, if I preach on signs, if I preach on wonders, if I preach on miracles, they will happen. Here's the problem. Your need will be met, but you will not grow. Because manifestations do not cause people to grow. They do meet needs. Look, Jesus fed 5,000 men plus women and children. Were there 10,000 people there, 15,000 people there? I don't know. But that miracle didn't make those people grow. In fact, when they pursued Jesus, he said, you didn't seek me because of the miracle of the loaves and fishes. You didn't seek me because of the miracle of the loaves and fishes. You want something else from me. So he decided to thin his crowd, saying stuff like, Moses didn't, what they said, show us a sign. Now, he didn't already have showed them a sign. 
A sign pointed to Jesus, but they weren't interested in Jesus. They were interested in the sign. Okay. So he says, he says, well, you know, they start talking about Moses gave us manna from heaven. Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. Then he said, eat my flesh and drink my blood. And they said, oh, wait a minute. Okay. Still with me now? Okay. So then the Bible says, many of his disciples didn't walk with Jesus any further. And then Jesus turns to the 12 and says, you going to go away too? Peter answered for them, says, Lord, to whom shall we go? You got the what? The words of eternal life. We are pursuing the intimate knowledge of God. So what I've got to do is I've got to teach in such a way as to sort of point you in the right direction to improve your intimate knowledge of God. And I'm saying every mind battle is trying to restrict, constrict, contain your intimate knowledge of God. Still with me? Okay, now I'm going to say something I didn't say last night. The enemy may know that Jesus is first in your life. But the enemy may send trials, troubles, struggles, difficulties, circumstances into your life to get you to react to them. Why? Because when you are reacting to the enemy, you're not responding to Jesus. <laughs> Look at somebody say, you can react or you can respond. So if the enemy can get you reacting and you're not responding, he just contained your what? Intimate knowledge of God. Does that make sense to you? Now, one of the things I said last night, I have to say again, you cannot pray your way out of the process. You have to pray your way through it. Though I walk through the valley. Look at somebody say, you got to walk through the valley. You can't even run through the valley. Look at somebody say, you can't even run through the valley. You come to know God while you're in the valley. Look at somebody said, there's a knowledge of God that you get only in the process. Even Jesus himself could not escape the process. So, Luke 3, Jesus receives the Spirit. Luke 4 and 1, Jesus is full of the Spirit. When Jesus receives the Spirit, heaven opens. Everybody say, the Father speaks. The Spirit falls. Everybody say, Jesus had a supernatural encounter. Now, Jesus receives the Spirit, corresponds to you being born again by the Spirit. Jesus is full of the Spirit, corresponds to Jesus being your baptizer in the Spirit, you're speaking in tongues. Jesus is led by the Spirit. Jesus being full of is led by the Spirit into the what? Everybody say, the desert. And the first thing that happens is, everybody say, process. Everybody say, trial, struggle, trouble. Now, when he hears a word from the Father, that's his treasure. He goes from the treasure, everybody say, to the trial. As soon as, now he's received a word from the Father, Jesus has given his attention to the Father, he's had a God encounter. Now the enemy comes and says, I want to divert your attention. I want to distract you. I know you're fasting and praying. Hey, okay, King James Version, if you're the Son of God. Greek Version, since you're the Son of God. No, 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 see. I'm going to take you somewhere. You're going to have a problem. Look at somebody say, put on your spiritual seatbelt. I'm going to make the statement and I'm going to prove it. First, Jesus, first, Jesus, I don't know how, I cannot explain this to you, how he was 100% man and 100% God all at the same time. I don't even try to figure it out. Okay? You ready? Jesus Though he was and is the son of God, he did not defeat the enemy 
as the son of God. Though he was the son of God, he did not defeat the enemy as the son of God. Because when he's fasting and the enemy says, command these stones to be made bread, if Jesus wanted to, as the son of God, since you are the son of God, command these stones to be made bread, if Jesus wanted to, but temptation ain't the ground for manifestation. And Jesus wasn't going to do it because the enemy brought it up. Jesus would only do what the Father said. But as the Son of God, Jesus could have did it. But Jesus, notice his answer. He said, man shall not live by bread alone. <laughs> Look at somebody and say, Jesus, Jesus. defeated Satan, Satan as the Son of Man. As a man, God lived in by the Holy Ghost. If Jesus defeated Satan as the son of God, he can't come to me and say, follow me. Because I'm not God. But if Jesus, though he was the son of God, defeats Satan as a man who the Father lived in by the Holy Ghost. Now he can say, Tony, follow me. Look at somebody say, are you saved? Are you filled with the Holy Ghost? Look at somebody say, then you are called to follow Jesus. So what did Jesus do? In the middle of his fasting, his prayer, his trial, his trouble, his temptation, he kept his attention. My son, attend to my words. He cast down every imagination, every high thing that is all in itself against his intimate knowledge of the Father. He brought every thought into captivity to the obedience of the Father. So you're to bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Are you still with me? I, I'm, I'm in a review. Can you guys give me time for the review? Okay. So what did Jesus do first? After Jesus receives the Spirit, he's full of the Spirit, he's led by the Spirit, Jesus uses his faith on his flesh to obey the word of the Father. Look at somebody and say, the Holy Spirit says, you need to use your faith on your own flesh first to obey the word of Jesus. After Jesus uses his faith, on his flesh to obey the word of the Father when he overcomes the enemy and he comes out of the desert. Luke 4, 14 says this. Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. Put up Luke 4, 14. Jesus, wait a minute. There's a difference between receiving the Spirit, being full of the Spirit, being led by the Spirit, and being in the power of the Spirit. The difference is, can you walk through the process successfully and still keep your attention? Everybody say, number one, Jesus used his faith on his flesh to obey the Father. Everybody say, number two, Jesus used his faith to move in the gifts of the Spirit. Everybody say, number three, Jesus used his faith to get the Father to answer prayer. Everybody say, number four, Jesus used his faith to manifest God's glory. Look at somebody say, now you follow Jesus. Okay, are you still good? Okay, um... 1 Peter 1.21, I think it is. I think it is. And if it's not, I'll have to look at my notes. I can't keep all this stuff in my head all the time. Nope, it ain't it. Um, let me look it up.
getting close. Wait a minute. I think I just saw it. Ah, 1 Peter 2.21. had it almost right. Ah, there it is. For even here unto where you called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us examples. Everybody say, you should follow in his steps. The Greek word for suffering means hardship. Everybody say adversity. The Greek word for example is hupogramos. This is interesting. I love this scripture. It's a picture of a school child who carefully watches his teacher write the letters of the alphabet, and then that child painstakingly and carefully copies each letter, matching it as closely as possible to the original letters written by his teacher. Look at somebody saying, Jesus is your teacher. Everybody say, continue in prayer and watch. Hopogramos, hoopogramos, school child who carefully watches his teacher. Look at somebody say, keep your attention on your teacher. His teacher writes the letters of the alphabet. Look at that, isn't that the word? And then the child painstakingly and carefully copies. Look at somebody say, you're supposed to copy Jesus. Imitate Jesus, follow Jesus. Carefully copies each letter, matching it as closely as possible to the original letters written by his teacher. In other words, learn of Jesus and reproduce his example in your own life. Matthew 28, verse 19. We're almost done with our review. Okay, great. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Nations, ethnos, teach, is, uh, or disciple is a word called math teyuho. Everybody say math teyuhu. Here's what it actually means. It means to walk with a teacher until you learn how to think like the teacher, talk like the teacher, act like the teacher. So you see your teacher from Genesis to Revelation. The first thing you have to do is learn how to think like your teacher. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, right? Have the mind of what? Christ. The written word of God is the mind of Christ. What the Holy Spirit gives you that is in keeping with the character of God and the scripture from Revelation, from Genesis to Revelation shows you the mind of your teacher. Everybody say it all begins with a thought. Think like the teacher, talk like the teacher, act like the teacher. So you're called to have a Jesus life and a Jesus ministry. Stay with me. Y'all ain't talking to me. Now, no one, no one, not even Jesus, is exempt from this process. Everybody say, God encounter, process, God encounter. Okay, that's one pattern. The other pattern is you go through the process first, then you have the God encounter, you overcome in the process, you have your next God encounter. No one is exempt for this. Okay. Okay, let me stay with this. Turn to James 1 and 1. I'm trying to get off this. I can't get off of it. How many of you, how many of you enjoying the word? Because it explains a lot. It explains a lot. It explains.
James Adulos, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes scattered abroad, greeting. Next verse. Look what he says. My brothers and sisters. Now, I still, I still haven't learned this scripture. Count it all joy, not if you fall into different temptations, when you fall into different temptations. I still have problems with the whole joy thing. <laughs> Look at somebody say, pray for the preacher. <laughs> Next verse. Count it all joy when you fall into different temptations. And notice it didn't say temptation. It said temptations. Look at somebody say, when it be raining, it be pouring. Hey, you can fast and pray. Look at somebody say, fast all you want. You're going to still have temptation. Look at somebody say, please pray. But you're going to still have temptation. Hmm. Knowing this, that the testing of your faith works what? Boy, there's patience again. Do you know why I'm bringing this up? Because there's a whole bunch of y'all. Y'all in a patience test right now. Look at somebody say, you know he's prophesying to you. I say, I don't know how far y'all want to go. All right. I, um, I have been blessed with, you know, Jesus to appear to me, angels, all kinds of supernatural encounters. <laughs> Uh, let me tell you about one I didn't like. Well, I've had a number that I didn't like, but let me tell you about this one. <laughs> oh, boy, I've had some encounters. See, I'm scared of people that every time they have a supernatural encounter, it's always God saying something they want to hear. You scare me. Because I, I, can, I can go down a list of having encounters where God wasn't telling me what I wanted to hear. Now, he was telling me what I needed to hear. Oh, man. <laughs> Let me give you one of them. Ah, Jesus appears to me, and he lets me know that I'm getting ready to go through a trial. Now, it's bad when he tells you up front. So he stands right in front of me and says, I'm get, he, was, he was, you know, basically he was behind it. Everybody say he permitted it. So, um, so could I... You, would you like to know what I said to Jesus, to his face? I said, uh-uh. <laughs> no. I said, uh-uh, no. Look at somebody say, he know anyway. Might as well tell him the truth. I let him know I was not for that. I was against it. Uh-uh, no. Let me tell you his response. He's in my face, and he goes to my ear and says, I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> Stand back and looks at me and disappears. Now, here's what he knows I know. The Bible says if God says something twice, look at somebody say, it's a done deal. Oh. Now, the trial started. Woo! Now, I would love to be able to tell y'all, that I, I went through the trial saying, oh, to Jesus, I surrender. I'd be lying. I want to be saved tonight. Can I be saved tonight? I'm going to let you know right now I squealed like a pig. From the beginning of the trial all the way to the finish. I'm going to tell you about that. She wanted to know, was there joy? No, there was pain. <laughs> All through the trial, there was pain. This is when I discovered that God was the Godfather. And he had put out a contract on my carnality. And the Holy Ghost was the hitman. Look at somebody say, you can run, but you can't hide. 
Look at somebody say, the God, your God, is the Godfather. And look at somebody say, he got a contract out on your carnality. And the Holy Ghost is the hitman. And there ain't no witness protection program that can save you from this hitman. <laughs> if there was, I would know. <laughs> All I can say now is, Jesus, you are killing me. Look at somebody say, and that was the point. Huh. Uh, <laughs> that's what I learned. You can have faith in pain. You can have faith while you have pain. At the same time. Okay. Now, I'm going to give it to you in original language. Look at somebody say, he preaching the Bible. Look at somebody say, your flesh don't like it. Look at somebody say, but it's the truth anyhow. Matter of fact, I'm going to have him put it up on the screen. So, so. <laughs> I didn't like that scripture then. I don't like it now. <laughs> Look at somebody said, but it's still true. 1 Timothy 6, verse 11. Please put it up on the screen. First Peter 6, verse 12. No, I, did I, I meant to say 1 Timothy. I'm sorry. 6, verse 12. You know, sometimes I have a disconnect. I appreciate you guys for helping a brother out. 1 Timothy. I'm sorry. 1 Timothy 6, verse 12. We got James up. I'm going to come back to James, but not, not right now. I want, I want James. There, there, there he is. Uh, fight the, everybody say fight, fight. The, good fight of faith. the good fight of faith. Now I'm going to turn you to 2 Timothy, and I want you to give me chapter 4, verse 7. Everybody say fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good What was the child saying? Hey, do it again. Say it, baby. Oh, he ain't going to say it now. But he was right. Look at somebody say, read the sign. 2 Timothy 4, verse number 7. 2 Timothy. Takes the guy time to. No, 2 Timothy. That's 1 Timothy. That's a real good scripture, though. Exercise yourself to godliness. Look at somebody say, exercise yourself to godliness. While you're in the midst of your pain. <laughs> Second Timothy. Four and seven. Ah, I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I kept the faith. Everybody say, I fought a good fight. Fight, everybody say, fight the good fight of faith. Would you like to know what the Greek word for fight and fault is? It's the word agonizo. Oh, no, 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 no. Let me help you with the translation. <laughs> fight the good fight of faith. Agonize the good agony of faith. This is another scripture that I haven't grown into yet. The last time I checked, agony was worse than pain. <laughs> Some folk would lead you to believe if you really have faith, you wouldn't have no agony. I really wish that was true. Everybody say, fight the good fight of faith. Agonize. Now choke on this word, the good agony of faith. Then he says here, I have fought a good, I have agonized a good agony. Wait a minute. You have to agonize a good agony. I have finished. Look at somebody say, you're going to have agony. 
before you finish. Agony and faith in the same sentence. So no, I did not count it all joy as I walked through this pain. I counted it joy when it was over. Why am I mentioning this? I'm mentioning it to those of you who right now you're facing a situation where you may be having a process of pain or agony in some area of your life. And I'm saying to you, everybody say it's part of the process. Now, if you can, if you can keep your attention on God, and his word, in spite of your pain. <laughs> Look at somebody say, you're growing in the grace. And the intimate knowledge of God. Now see, here's what's going to get you. And I'm, I'm trying to, I'm not getting very far. Go back to uh, James 1. Let's hit, oh, let's hit verse 4. I think, I think. Count it all joy when you fall into different temptations, knowing this, the trying of your faith, everybody say works patience. <laughs> now you have a choice. Let patience have its complete work that you may be mature and full grown, lacking nothing. No, no, no. You must let patience have its complete work that you may be mature and full-grown, lacking nothing. Wait. That means that before the trial, there was something I was lacking. And that the Father who by his power could have prevented the trial permits it Because there's something that he wants to get to me, and it is an upgrade in Jesus Christ, but I have to go through this trial to get the next treasure he wants to deposit in my life. Here's your first clue that that's true. Look at the next verse. Lacking nothing. If any of you lack what? So the Father allows me to encounter something I don't know what to do with. To make me continue in prayer. Come face to face with God. Make a vow. Make a sacrifice. Give up to go up to get the wisdom of God and the anointing so I can be more than a conqueror. Look at somebody say, your process leads to your upgrade. Proverbs 4 and 7 says wisdom, 4 and 5, that whole chapter, says wisdom is the what? Principal thing. Everybody say, get some wisdom. Let him ask of God. Who gives to all men. Everybody say liberally. He's not going to be upset with you. Okay. What does this mean? It isn't the trial that defeats me. It's how I think about it. Which means there are some things I can't afford to think about. There's some places in my mind I can't afford to go. Everybody say, taking every thought captive. 
to the obedience of Jesus. Okay, now, I said all of that to get to this. You ready? Where you are in your thought life is where you are in your life. Where you stuck in your mind is where you stuck in your life. What thought have you been trapped in? Where or whom did that thought come from? Who or what does that thought align you to? What is that thought keeping you from? Your mind is like a refrigerator. Whatever you put in it is what you're going to eat from. Your life will always move in the direction of your most dominant thoughts. Look at somebody says, it's time for you to think about what you've been thinking about. Proverbs 23, verse 7, please. How many of you are enjoying the word? Amen. See, it's all about, look at somebody say, it's all about the mind. The problem, listen, is not in your human spirit, you're born again. Look at somebody say, the battle is in your mind. So Paul says, be transformed, metamorphosis, by the, everybody say, the renewing of your mind. Wisdom is a principal thing, therefore get wisdom with all you're getting, get an understanding. But now give me Proverbs 23, verse 7. That's good. I'm glad you put that up. You was led by the Spirit even in making a mistake. No, 23. That's 24. But it still is true. Wisdom is too high for a fool. As he what? In his what? Okay, you ready? You are the thinker who thinks the thoughts that creates the things in your life. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you are the thinker who thinks the things that create the things in your life. Look at somebody else and say, neighbor, you are the thinker who thinks the things and creates the things that you think about in your life. Now look at him and say, now neighbor, if you don't like what's in your life, quit thinking about it. Pretty soon it'll go away. Okay, all y'all sisters know when you got rid of that man, first you quit thinking about him. Pretty soon he disappeared from your life. <laughs> and see, y'all start out the conversation with this. What was I? Everybody say there's a mind shift. And then pretty soon you ain't thinking about that brother at all. He call you. He don't answer no texts, no emails, no calls. Okay. How many of you with me? Okay. The truth of the matter is what you think about, you draw and you try. What you think about, you're drawn to, and you draw it to you.
Isn't it interesting how one, one gay man can find another? How one lesbian woman can find another? Isn't it interesting how the abuser always finds the one who's the victim to be abused? And the one who's been a victim to be abused always finds another abuser? Unless they get healed. Look at somebody and say, beware of finding what you're looking for. Okay. Okay, I'm going to close the review and I'm going to move a little further. How many of you enjoying the word? Are you ready for this? What if I was to say to you that your thoughts... Uh, you're going to have trouble with what I'm fixing to say. But once I explain it, you'll go, I think he's right. Jingle like it. Okay. <laughs> Your thoughts will either attract demons or they'll attract angels. Because sooner or later, look at somebody say, you're going to say what's on your mind. You ready? I'm gonna, can I tell you something about the spirit world? The spirit world is like this. There's nothing, nothing hidden in the spirit world. Listen, you can say you're an apostle, but all the demons, demonic Demonic thrones, dominions, principalities and powers, they have seen the anointing of apostles. Whatever anointing's on you, they see it. You can call yourself an apostle, they'll go, it don't look like that. <laughs> you can call yourself a prophet all you want. They have seen prophets from Enoch to the present day. If they don't see prophet anointing, they go, you can call yourself that. Mm -mm. You can call yourself, look at somebody and say, call yourself whatever you want. The angels can see it, the demons can see it. In the spirit world, it's visible. Can I tell you something else about the spirit world? In the spirit world, you always emanate three things 24-7 that is seen. You emanate a smell, a sound, and a color. <laughs> Look at somebody say, you emanate. Even your thoughts emanate. The devil don't have to know your thoughts. All he got to do is <laughs> see the color. All you got to do is smell the smell. Okay, I'll explain. <laughs> Let's start with color. If you are a sinner or a backslider, the Bible says if you're living in sin, you are in what? Darkness. Everybody say, that be a color. <laughs> Isaiah 60 says there ain't going to just be darkness. There's going to be, everybody say, deep darkness. Everybody say, there's degrees of darkness. And if you really study sin in the original languages, both Hebrew and Greek, there's degrees to sin. There's sin where you shoot at the target and miss the mark. There's trespass where you're careless, you're supposed to be here, and you're not paying attention, you go out of bounds. There's transgression, which you do it on purpose, which, which is called rebellion. And then there's iniquity which has to do with the word bend. You have a bend toward a certain sin, and, the, and when you tear apart the word iniquity in the Hebrew, it means what your eyes hook into grows in you. Look at somebody say, if you save, let your eyes hook into Jesus so Jesus can grow in you. I'm going to leave that alone right there. So everybody say, everybody gives off a color. The Bible says that you are what? 
light in the Lord. But I've been around long enough to see that there are shades of light. <laughs> There's barely lit. There's dim. didn't bring my my thing but it'll be all right I think I left it back there probably thank you pastor no no pastor it's here sister would you hand that to me I need help everybody said dim light everybody say shades of light so we can put up light here where it's light but it's got some dark in it Jesus called John, the forerunner, a what? Burning and a what? Shining light. Look at somebody said, what kind of light you got? See, here's the truth. Even in our culture, we recognize that colors represent various spiritual, mental, and emotional states. Sister girl, she's green with envy. B.B. King was singing the blues. What's wrong with y'all? He's a coward. He turned yellow. He's mad. His eyes saw. That's why you can think it and it still comes out. Look at somebody say, what you been doing lately? Look at somebody say, what you been doing lately? What you've been saying lately? What you've been thinking lately? What's been your color? What you think, what you say, what you do emanates a color. Everybody say, I've been wanting to tell you this for a long time. I'm smelling you right about now. In the book of the prophet, it talks about those who worship God with their lips but their heart is far from him, and they offer up sacrifices, and God says, it stinks in my nostrils. And then the Bible talks about the saints. Everybody say, the righteous ones and the holy ones who make sacrifices that smell good in the nostrils of God. Look at somebody say, your tithe, your offerings, your holy prayer, your holy worship be smelling good to God. Sometimes we need to repent and take a bath and put on some spiritual cologne or perfume, whichever the case may be. And then you emanate a sound. You know, we're very familiar with Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. We don't know verse 18. Put up Romans 10, 18. But I say, have they not heard? Yes, verily they're what? Here's the question. What sound are you releasing? Sound of fear, sound of faith. Sound of discouragement, the sound of encouragement. The sound of praise, the sound of worship. Watch this. Demons are attracted to sounds that come from below. Everybody say, angels are attracted 
to sounds on the earth, they're in harmony with heaven. All you got to do to have angels involved in your life is sound like heaven. Let's give my wife of 37 years a big hand clap, shall we? And Miss Bernadette also. We'll be 38 years into May. Give, the, give Jesus a hand clap. Jesus brought us together. Jesus keeping us together. Look at somebody say, you just need a little more Jesus. Okay. I don't know how long I've been teaching. I never get done. I just have to quit. So I'm moving toward quitting. What does that mean? It means that I'm going to quit talking as far as teaching. We're going to take up an offering because I hate to start doing personal ministry. I have to stop to take up an offering. So here's what we're going to do first. I want you to stand to your feet. Now, to listen, tomorrow night we're going to emphasize healing. Look at somebody say, emphasize healing. Look at somebody say, be here, and you're going to see signs and wonders. I'm going to really focus on it tomorrow night. I haven't focused on it. didn't focus on it last night as an incidental. But what we have to do now is here's what I want you to do. I'm going to have pastor come and pray over us. We're going to all pray in the Holy Spirit. And uh, what I want you to do is, while we're praying in the Holy Spirit, I want you to meditate upon the word that you heard. Does that make sense? Yeah. And uh, I want us to take five minutes to pray, and I should do this while it's on my mind. Who here d does not speak in tongues but would like to? Raise your hands. Anybody here? Raise them up. Raise them high. I see one hand, two hands, 